Grappling Hours brought to you by BioPro Plus, the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful anti-aging and hormone treatments. I came back right before they moved you to the opposite set of mats. Was this ever discussed with you that there was the possibility they would move you to another place? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, it wasn't discussed with us. What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rappa Sparza, coming to you with another great episode of The Grappling Hour. I don't want to waste too much of your time. In fact, we've got an excellent guest. I want you guys to get to know him pretty well. Um, I feel like you've had some time to get to know him. Perhaps as much as 90 minutes to two hours to get to know his work. Um, pray tell, I have been told that if you listen carefully, he might still be grappling against... Kyle Chambers. However, this young man has been very impressive. He's been killing it on the scene. And I, for one, was very happy when he was put on this show. And I've always wanted to interview him. He ended up winning it in epic fashion and uh, almost in a mythical way. So if you're looking for somebody who's going to pull out a big win, why not bring on the guy who actually won the very first season of Who's Next One? Isaac Mitchell. Isaac, how are you doing, sir? Uh, very good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, man. I guess first and foremost, what has been the most recurring thing that you've heard? I've seen a lot of memes go up about you. I don't know that I've made any. I've definitely made jokes. But uh, what has been one of the most epic responses in terms of your uh, very, very long match that you recently had, sir? Uh, I guess apart from people uh, falling asleep, it's the whole uh, the the interviews that we uh, me and Carl had to do post post the two and a half hour long match. Um, got a bit of feedback, so I guess uh, people have been uh, asking me to put out an anti jujitsu instructional uh, and make some some merch on that. But but yeah, it's all all in good fun. Yeah, so that's the part that caught me, and I think. If you've been rolling for two hours, I don't know that you have your perfect words about you. Uh, I know even when I roll for a little bit, sometimes I say things, it may not come out right, but there was an emphasis on anti-jiu-jitsu. And what was your initial reaction when you heard anti-jiu-jitsu in relation to what you do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought uh, definitely uh, the way that Carl used the term anti-jiu-jitsu was uh, different than how he want like how people perceived it um but i was a little bit shocked seeing his interview he said that like the break was a uh, pretty much saved me he said like i only escaped the submission because i had no hair like there was a lot of things that he said that were questionable but you know if, uh, on his defense he was rolling for two and a half hours like we're very i know i had a big migraine going into that interview like we were very dehydrated as well so you know, sometimes after a fight, you don't know what you're saying. You're just speaking. Yeah, that was the thing that I was kind of going through when I saw the statement come out. Is I said, you know, 
Kyle's a pretty chilled guy, and I don't know many people who have issues with him, uh, but I do know that there was a weirdness to the way it was being brought up in the sense that I kind of could tell that it was a weird phraseology but to be fair, sometimes you lose track, and I'm sure that some of the the video that they caught of him where he was literally just kind of doing what I do. And honestly, I got to be honest completely here, full disclosure. Um, I am the exact definition of anti-jiu-jitsu, so I'm not one to talk here, but I definitely looked at that and I said, those are pretty funny clips. So the person that put together that very funny reel, um, I thought, as long as everybody's in good taste here... But nobody was trying to put this as another match. Like, nobody's angling for a rematch here, are they? No, I don't think so. There was a few people that were asking for a combat jiu-jitsu rematch. Uh, just with the with strikes involved, it'd be a bit different. But, uh, you know, I, I like Kyle. I think Kyle's a, a good dude as well. Um, but, you know, he definitely was upset that he lost and lost a lot of, you know, lost the championship in the end and lost, all, like, the prize money as well. So he did say some things that you know he probably said when he was when he was upset and he was uh, angry. But um, you know, he, at the end of the day, you know, we both had the the common love of jujitsu together, and like for for us to go out and battle, it was fun. And uh, you know, with the with what he said, I feel like it only got more the match only got more feedback than you know, it didn't have that sort of uh, interview afterwards. But you know, it was a little bit wild or ridiculous, but. You know, it is what it is, and we'll just both move on to our next matches. That's fair. And, again, I like both of you guys. And, in fact, um, that was kind of the good part of the series is I like most of you on that show pretty well, and we have relationships with a number of those folks. And even though I didn't know you personally, I said, well, your jiu-jitsu speaks for itself, so I think you would probably do well. And when I saw it was you and Kyle in the finale, I said, those are two guys with really good jiu-jitsu, so when people started kind of putting jokes about that, my initial response was, no, no, these are not the guys to make fun of. Uh, they might have <laughs> rolled for two hours, but that's a hard roll, and that's a hard competitive roll. So when people were lobbing some of these jokes, I was like, I, yeah, I think they would both waste most of the people in the comments. <laughs> Did you get any anti-feedback? Because I felt like you were doing a lot of aggression, and you were trying to make things happen. And I don't know that sometimes people get very excited for one fighter or grappler that they might talk crap about the other ones. But did you take any heat on the internet by a chance? I mean, yeah, I did get, a, a, you know, a few questionable DMs and things like that and uh, a few comments in here and there. But, you know, I, I was talking to Craig Jones afterwards and he's like, it, it it's going to happen regardless. Like us just being in the spotlight, it's just going to happen. And, uh, People are only going to treat you as good as your last performance, unfortunately. So, you know, if I go out next and, you know, I submit the best guy in the world, then people will like me. And then I go out again the next week and I don't do so well, then people won't like me. And that's just a reoccurring thing in, in professional sports. It is true, but I would like to caption that with those of us who are actual fans of the sport recognize what you do of and course. how difficult it is. So. There are a lot more of us. We might have fallen asleep, uh, <laughs> part of it. I will tell you this. Um, I was at a wedding on limited internet, uh, but I was away, and I had some version of it playing. And then I was staying at somebody's house. They said, hey, come have dinner. And I said, well, all right. 
okay, I might miss out <laughs> on what happens. I go eat the dinner, have enough time to socialize, have a few drinks, come back and go, oh, for love of God, it's still happening. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, now I came back right before they moved you to the opposite set of mats. Was this ever discussed with you that there was the possibility they would move you to another place? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, it wasn't discussed with us. And like, yeah, like you said, like the real fans will always like, they'll, they'll, they're going to like you no matter, no matter what really. But, um, but yeah, we did get some, both me and Carl did get some feedback, negative and positive, um, from the match. Uh, which is always going to happen, but um, no. I, initially, I was asking Flo. It is a live event. I think Carl's all of Carl's matches were quite defensive until the other guy did get tired, and then he chose his opportunities very carefully, and then he got the submissions in his matches. Um, not so much his first match in the show. He that was very back and forth, like he was attacking the whole time, but. His last three matches, I would say he was, uh, you know, against Andrew Tackett, uh, his most recent match before the final. He was, um, Tackett was on his back a lot of the match. Uh, he wasn't able to submit him. Tackett got tired eventually uh, over an hour. And then he rolled, th uh, Carl rolled through and got a knee bar. So I felt like that was going to happen in our match. I felt like Kyle was going to emphasize his defense and you know i could hear his coach geo calling out during the match like we prepared for a long match we prepared for a war isaac prepared for a battle so i think it was their intention to you know drag it out i was obviously in australia i just did adcc trials then i was basically there for a month trying to organize a visa while i was doing that i was trying to make some money doing seminars here and there so I didn't really have good preparation and I was coming in from, you know, a long flight from Australia, landed next day competing. So I was jet lagged and maybe Carl thought it only helps his game plan to drag it out a little bit longer uh, and then I'm going to get tired and then he would find his opportunities, which he did get a few good opportunities to submit me. But fortunately, I was able to escape his attacks and then continue on eventually win the match. I'll be honest with you. I knew that could be a possibility. And you being one of the people who watched those very long matches, and I don't know how you guys did it. I, I started thinking, you know, I'm a production guy. So when I look at stuff like that, I think about the cast and crew and everybody who's there. And I think the funniest thing to me was seeing the amount of snacks Craig Jones was having. That's how I could tell how long the matches were before they had a timeline. But I do think that played a role for you to be able to witness that and to have a firsthand account where you think, oh, maybe he is trying to exhaust me out. But I knew that it could be long in the sense that you're savvy, like you train with really, really high caliber people as well so that you would have a comprehension of, oh, hey, he might get this spot or he might be there. And it proved to be true because your instincts were very good when he was countering a lot of the stuff. And even when he was initiating like that triangle escape, all of that sort of stuff, it was the stuff of what you hope a championship match will be. But the fact that they didn't tell you was what was concerning to, I think all of us, because all of us in our heads said, yeah, it's not wrong that the main event does want to go on, but 
if you guys weren't told about that, then it must have come as a shock. So how did they break that news to you? How did they come up to you and say, oh, hey, uh, tap, tap, save. Uh, everybody freeze. And we're going to take a break. Seize. It's like, so how did that come up to you? And, and who came up to you for that? So, so yeah, they paused the match. And I was confused to why they paused the match. Uh, and then the referee was saying, back, back mats. We're going to the back mats. And I had no idea what that meant. I, I literally asked him like 10 times, like, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean back mats? And he literally meant we're going to go to the Walmart mats and we're going to finish it there so Gordon and uh, Pedro can have the, their fight and finish that. Uh, which is, you know, the match was taking forever. I was exhausted at that point. But um, I wasn't so much exhausted. Like my body was fine, but my, my, I was getting uh, migraines at that point. So my mind was kind of like hurting from the lights and everything. Um, my brain was hurting, but um, but yeah. So you know, the I had like Ethan explain like, no, we're literally going to go to to the back mats. We're going to continue it there. So you know, we went over there, and then they pretty much set up another arena. They put up all the lights and cameras again, and then away we went and uh, continued the match there. Were you told later, or did you discover this? as it was going on that we weren't seeing your match? Uh, uh, no, I, 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 I'm not sure to be honest. Like I figured like if they if Gordon was competing, they're going to have Gordon's match playing. Um, but I knew they were filming it. So I just assumed that they would later, um, put that up for everyone to watch. Um, and then when I rewatched, uh, Gordon's match a few times, they'll bring up, uh, me and Carl's match and put up a little screen in the middle of that. Um, but no, I had no idea what was going on. I was just thinking about winning, to be honest. I was like, I wasn't gonna, in my mind, I was just like, I need, I need to get this, I need to get this title. I need to get this money. So I was just determined to keep going and to, you know, eventually break Carl and get the submission. I feel you. And I've done this for far less money, uh, myself when I've had a, never-ending role where you go no we're not leaving until one of us taps and you get obsessed with it and you think to yourself and the thing is as bad as i am i am very good at dragging people down to being as bad as i am at my level so i always tell people they're like oh this guy's gonna waste you and i was like probably but it's gonna take a while and uh it's not gonna look pretty so i i tell people i'm like don't give me a super fight i will be the negative rating you don't want that but uh, I will stick around for it. So I, I do understand the finality aspect of it. It was the confusion. It was them saying, we're going to put it on a set of mats. And then it was the decision not to even have a picture in picture, because that to me was where I was starting to get confused as to what was going on. I didn't know the match had ended by the time Gordon and uh, Pedro had kind of had their finality too. So then explain to me like, how were you able to get the finish? Because if you weren't able to get it all the way through, what changed? What gave you that opening or that opportunity that maybe you didn't get? Yeah, so the match reset on, on the new mats. And as soon as we slapped hands, I pretty much passed his guard, mounted him again, and took his back. And then he was doing the same defense. He was very strong with keeping his hands in that sort of position near his neck. So it was very hard to to get my strangle working. Um, so I think Kyle trained a lot 
of back escapes, I think he trained a lot on being defensive in that position. And, uh, you know, I definitely wasn't uh, training too much uh, submission grappling just before that match. So um, that going into combination, I wasn't able to get the finish on the back. So I realized if I went on top and started using my body weight and making him hold me up or going to mounted positions, kind of making like uh, making him uncomfortable of, of my positioning on top, then he would eventually uh, open up a little bit. So... After that realization, I was kind of like trying to uh, work out exactly how I was going to submit him the whole time. Throughout the match, I didn't really feel threatened um, from Kyle attacking me too much. He had his moments, but during the duration of the match, I didn't really feel threatened um, that he was going to submit me. And any submissions that he threw at me, I was pretty confident um, I would be able to counter and escape. Um, so... When I started getting on top, I started mounting him and I, I was staying in a mounted position trying to smother him and things like this. And uh, eventually he went to bridge and roll to, you know, force that uh, turnover. And as he did that, he extended his arm and I was able to get a belly down juji or belly down number. Um, and i got to say that was a very pleasing submission to get. I was very happy that the match was over at that point. He, he tapped and I was like, I don't usually scream after any of my matches. I'm pretty um, reserved after winning like uh, world championships, things like that. I'm just don't really scream and shout and stuff like that. But uh, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like I was just super happy. I won. I was like super stoked. So I was like, "That took way too long. I can go home. I can like sleep, get to bed. I'll be very." <laughs> If any time you're going to choose it, I think we can allow that. It's not like you won a white belt national title at Naga or something and you're screaming at the top of your lungs like you're king of the world. Like this was two hours worth of work. And I think even from the fan perspective, we were watching and then us not getting to see it be finished was so right. aggravating because I'm like, well, we were pot invested. And yes. granted, I went to go eat. But I knew I wanted to talk to either you or him after it transgressed. So I at least wanted to do the honor of if you grappled that long and I interview you, I better have watched it. So I did, and I definitely was there. And when they went to the other set of mats, I go, oh, that's okay. I understand it, but I really wish that picture-in-picture picture happened because we definitely wanted to see that moment when you did end up getting the win. So as a result of that... They give you the exit interview. Do you and Kyle exchange any words at this time or, or even after the fact? Because, again, I know there's some back and forth, but it seems very playful in nature. And I think he put out a statement on what he was meaning anti-jiu-jitsu to mean, and it's just a difference of opinion on what exactly that means. But I don't yeah. think either of you guys, especially after grappling that long, have lost respect for each other because i think there has to be a bond between you and him yeah. i agree i like I, I like kyle i'm friends with kyle uh, i haven't after the match i pretty much said to him like i was i was pretty much said dude you're fucking tough like way tougher than i expected very tough guy to submit um but you know i, I was a bit like after seeing his interview of him saying like the break saves me uh I was exhausted. The, his uh, armbar escape snaps my arm, broke my arm. Like he, it was a bit delu like delusional in a way. 
Um, so I was just like, you, you know, like you, you made up, you know, a good amount of excuses. But honestly, after you're competing, you're not really your 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 rational self all, all the time as well. So is you know, I don't, I like, I don't really fault him. I'm sure the next time we see each other, we're gonna be fine as well. Um, but I was more concerned about everyone watching, more so. Like I felt bad for the people watching. The crowd at the who's number one was very good. Like they were doing like uh, chants, and they were getting like they were like someone came up to me yesterday and said the. They were very feeling like the whole vibe was very electrifying and like everyone there was getting around it. Um, but the, everyone at home, you know, you can imagine I had friends and family come to watch the fight and then it's, you know, two and a half hours later, the fight's still going. So I was kind of telling Kyle during the match, I'm like, come on, man, there's people watching, open up. I was like, I was saying in his ear, I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do something, let's move, like let's fucking put some action out there let's fucking like work because people are watching us like people pay people pay to be here people pay to watch us i feel like it's our responsibility as professional athletes to be exciting to not being be that boring fighter because i know we've seen examples of two people just do nothing maybe just collar tie each other for the duration of 15 minutes and then never be invited back to to a live event like that because people don't want to pay to watch boring jujitsu, unfortunately. I feel that, and I appreciate that. And I think that's also what I could see. And again, I like, again, both of you a lot. It was just, uh, I noticed at a certain point when you felt like you weren't getting a reaction, comedically, all I could think of was suggestions for you. Like, I wanted to tell you, did you try being like, oh, hey, someone called for you on the phone? Like, you know, like certain things that would have taken him off his game. It's like, oh, what's that over there? I just thought at a certain point you almost and I couldn't do this for certain, but it almost was like you knocked on his shoulder and you're like, hello, it's me like, kind of a thing. So I could <laughs> tell there was a lot. That of, quick. What's that? I'm not that quick witted. Well, if you're around Craig, someone needs to be. So I, I know that you're a quiet quick wit is, is the difference. Uh, not a buffoonish quick wit like Craig is. But I want to say this. So I watched the whole series and we did some live tweets about it. And I definitely appreciated the exposure it gave you. Do you have things that stood out to you about that experience and that you enjoyed because for the grapplers, it did seem like there was a lot more good than bad that came out of it. Yeah, for sure. I think at the end of the day, I've had most of my jiu-jitsu career in Australia where we don't really have a high level of competition and we don't have exposure to big events. So just uh, being there like on the stage in front of the crowd with the lights on, is a is a good experience to be grappling and for that long it, it really adds like that mat time to my competition career so i think in that sense it gave me a lot of uh, confidence just to be out there on the mats competing like just training how i train just like in the gym um sorry competing how i train just like in the gym um so in that sense it was very good like i didn't mind having that long match and plus i got to demonstrate some of the uh, back takes I've recently just done an instructional for so I'm guess 
when I'm looking at the match, I see the silver lining is that it did create some exposure. People were talking about the long match, you know. It's quite one of the, one of the more longer matches uh, on a live event like that. So, in a sense, it did get more eyes um, to who I am. Like I'm coming up now, so not a lot of people know about know about me. Especially like uh, like I said, coming from Australia, I didn't get to compete against um, some of the guys that grew up here, and they're already competing against each other from blue belt, purple belt, and onwards. So I guess uh, in a lot of ways, it was good. Um, and at the end of the day, like I still really like Carl. I think he's a great dude. So there's no um, bad blood between us at all. I wouldn't think so. And I would ask, is there a particular moment that stood out to you during the taping of it uh, that maybe wasn't even competitive? Because you had some good matches. And again, as somebody who's watched a lot of what you've done, I thought it was the perfect vehicle to kind of sneak in your jiu-jitsu because I know you being around the guys you are the type of personality you have to have to coexist well with them. And I think that you do, but I knew that, yeah, okay, we'll get lulled in by a very chill and relaxed personality that doesn't take itself too seriously mixed in with, Oh shit. Yeah. He's got really good jujitsu. I thought those two things worked well in your favor, but I didn't know if there was something that you had happened during the taping that you said, Oh, that's one of my favorite moments. Uh, so during, yeah, no, during the, during the filming of the whole who's number or who's next series, I think, um, the whole thing was just very exciting and new and like, we kind of just rocked up and we didn't even know it was going to be a no time limit tournament. We rocked up on the first day. There was, uh, there was quite a lot of us and, uh, they basically said, if you win this match, you move into the fighter's house for two weeks where you'll get the chance to ultimately win the prize money and the contract and everything else. If you lose this first match, then you go straight home and it's going to be a no time limit match that, that's happening tomorrow. So when we found that out, everyone was nervous. Like it was something different. Like I've never seen competitors as nervous to just get dropped on them. The fact that they're having a no time limit match tomorrow against someone they do not know. And plus there's, there was like big Dan there. There was other big guys there. So there was, there was smaller guys, bigger guys. There was all sorts of different grapplers there. So it was, it was quite a unique experience overall. But, but yeah, nothing, nothing too much that stood out. I guess there were, you know, lots of different types of personalities. But I think every single person that won their first match and did the the series of the show had, you know, the experience of a lifetime. Understood. I would like to ask this. So. $25,000, that's pretty good, but especially for a new resident of the United States, congratulations, super happy you're going to be here now, you're going to be joining us, I know that was an arduous process, what are you doing with that 25000 and what exactly are you most excited about being an American about? I mean, so, so with the money... Basically got my own apartment here in Austin, Texas. I was kind of couch surfing on Nicky Ryan's uh, couch for the longest time. I flew into Puerto Rico to train with John Danaher and the DDS when I first arrived. I was there for, you know, I think a, a few weeks and then boom, they split up. A few of the guys are going this way, a few of the guys are going that way. We all end up in Austin, Texas and now we're here. I'm kind of just, you know, just trying to make it by, trying to compete. 
you know, earn enough money just to, you know, do what you need to do. Um, so I was training for the ADCC trials. Like ADCC for me is my, my ultimate dream. Um, when I was first coming into jiu-jitsu, I, I watched Craig Jones uh, submit Leandro Lowe. And because he's from the same hometown as me in Australia, he's from Adelaide as well. I was like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. That blew my mind. I was like, oh, you know, I wanted to do ADCC as well. So, you know, kind of just been, you know, following following his footsteps and trying to move to America ever since just to be around the competition circuit, to be around the best athletes. It's the same in Brazil. A lot of the best Brazilians, they come to America to then compete, earn money, do everything they need to do. So, you know, it's the same for us. If you're in Australia, it's very difficult to train with guys at that caliber of, of elite level. Um, the only guy that really does it is Lachlan Giles, you know, like he, I don't know, he's a mad scientist, that guy. So, he, he, he can somehow do it, but um, when I moved and got to train with guys like Nicky Ryan and Nicky Rod and all these guys, it really helped me learn quickly. I feel like for me, the way that I learn best in jiu-jitsu is just to like roll with good guys and I can naturally kind of pick up the pace and I can pick up the techniques in that way. So moving to America was what I needed to do and I applied for an athlete visa. It eventually got approved. It was That was a bit of a, you know, a rat race itself but you know it happened in the end and now i'm here in austin and just trying to get matches and preparing for adcc which is in eight weeks what would a win at adcc mean to you oh man i would probably at that point i would probably say goodbye to jiu-jitsu i'd buy a van in australia and i'll just be surfing every day from that point on <laughs> no not really i'd probably I, I would just try to keep winning after that but you know, I've been thinking about that every day since I started jujitsu. Well, there's a lot going in your favor, man, and I'm I'm very happy for you. Um, we do need to kind of run a, a little bit close on the end of this because you're short on time. But I would like to maybe pitch this and stay with me here. Think about this. I know there's not hostility. I know there's just some fun back and forth between you and Kyle Chambers. But has anybody pitched you guys being the next coaches for who's next? And then oh, that's perhaps, <laughs> see, this is why I'm a producer. You're welcome, Flow Grappling. Once again, you may steal one of my ideas. It's fine. But at the end of it, you guys have a time-controlled majority decision, very specific rule set, maybe ADCC, I don't really give a shit, but like a very specific amount of time. And maybe things would be different, but I do think that one, not having the coaches have a match, a little unfortunate, but it does look like business didn't happen there. And maybe understandably for both parties, but not having a match for the coaches maybe that might be a little rough, but I think the two of you would be open to it. And whether it's combat jujitsu, but that's not under the flow banner, it does raise the stakes of you guys were there and you would be able to brotherhood teach and apprentice those through the process of the next season. And also if I'm being honest, get paid. So like quote them a high rate. So that way you guys get paid too again. Cause if you guys give more than two weeks, you should be making money. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man, that sounds like a great idea. 
So I guess that's a good way to do it. Let me ask this, sir. I want to give you the opportunity to brand and plug whatever you got going on because I know that you were talking about the back take DVD, but I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, where people can find it, what they can expect from it, and what can they expect as well? Because you mentioned you're trying to get matches. I know you have the who's number one contract, but uh, you definitely are a grappler that a lot of people have respect for. So I would love to see you on more and more shows. So how could they make that happen? So much again. Um, I guess like if for those of you that didn't fall asleep during that last match of mine, there was some back takes in that match. So those back takes, I've just uh, released a back take instructional where you can find it on my Instagram in my link in my bio. So that's all about back takes from top position and passing and things like that. Um, and yeah, apart from that, for matches, uh, a lot of people were recommending matches with like. Uh, Mika, Dante, Ty, these sorts of guys that are already right at the top in my weight division. Um, I think I saw we saw Dante versus Mika that match happen, and uh, a lot of people reckon I have a similar style to Dante's. So I guess uh, Mika is a match that I, that I really want. He's got you know he's amazing grappler, amazing jujitsu. He seems like a nice guy as well. But uh, I think just uh, style, stylistically, it would be a great match for me. And those of you near any kind of surfing area, two for one this man. Come on. Get him out there. He clearly wants to go surf. It's the easiest way to hijack this man closer to you. So if you got a surfboard and an area full of water, I'm just saying it's an easy sell for this man if I'm just calculating it's on how rough. I would do business. It's rough here in the, in the middle of Texas here. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely picked a place that is not near the uh, most amount of water, but that's what we hear in Los Angeles and the other coasts are all about. Isaac, I want to say this before we get you on out of here. We're going to have to do this again at some point to get into your origin story, but what I really wanted to do is I was watching the series. I have great respect for all of you guys, especially doing those no time limit matches. I know how hard they are, but I do want to make sure that we were able to kind of put a bookend on that chapter and, and catalog it so that way we can always revisit it because I know that people are going to make jokes that it's hard, you know, two hours. Oh, no. Are we going to roll? I don't have two hours, Isaac. Oh, like you're going to get that for a while. But what I think the testament of it is your endurance, your skill, your ability to resolve because if they were counting on breaking you, it didn't happen. And I think that's commendable as well as your natural talent. And a lot of us know that. So uh, big congratulations to you, sir. And hopefully if things go well, we get to do another one of these for a win, if not ADCC, sometime very near in the future, sir. Uh, well, thank you so much, brother. It was, it was great to be on your show. And I guess like uh, being around Craig Jones, you become pretty resilient. So <laughs> That's true. Well, let me... Let me go ahead and close this off air, and I'll say bye to you off air, sir. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.